Rider Nation, bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every <laughs> game day, every practice. Let's go, Rider Nation. everybody welcome to the piffles podcast your premier saskatchewan rough riders fan podcast i'm excited to be here tonight i'm alex i'm steve congrats isn't that isn't that double congrats <laughs> either way oh, no, we have to wait 12 hours for double congrats right yeah yeah well yeah we we have to make sure it's verified and then we double congrats <laughs> anyone following social media twitter justin dunk and dave naylor you'll get that if not Go check it out on. Go Twitter. check it out. It was fun. It, 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 it was the best. Uh, I, there's so many minutes. different words I want. There's so many words I want to call it, but not yeah, family it was, friendly. It was just four minutes of fun yeah. between uh, those guys on on Twitter last week. I've never I've never seen that much of an immature dick measuring contest. In my See, life. I was going to say that. I'm like, I can't say that. <laughs> well, you know what? We're in such a good mood. We can say whatever we want because we have football. The Piffles Podcast brought to you by. Terry Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. We're on Twitter at Piffles Pod. You can give me a follow at RealAlexD. You'll find me at Sapamod. And once again, I do not need your pity follows at Greg on Sports. And don't take my memes. I'm surprised you didn't do a at double congrats burner account. Oh, now, now you ruined it. <laughs> I'm going to look that up right now. <laughs> All right. Well, gentlemen, so, we have- at Saucy Nailer. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, we have a deal in place. Let's get to it. It's time for the opening kickoff. To me, that just sounds like victory tonight. Well, we're going to hear those sounds uh, very, very soon here in the CFL, of course. As we record this on Thursday night, CFL, CFLPA agree to uh, ratify their new vote or the new offer for the league. So we have a CBA. There's a four day strike. There was a no vote on the previous agreed upon offer. And now we do have a deal in place. So bottom line, we are getting the CFL. It's going to start on time, including when you listen to this tonight's preseason games in, uh, in Edmonton and Ottawa. And one of them will be on TSN as well. I think it's the Toronto Ottawa game is on, uh, I think that's the game that's on TSN. It Either makes most no sense considering travel and not the uncertainty of what was going to actually happen tonight. Yeah. So either way, we are getting our CFL football and the schedule will, will remain intact. It uh, looked a little grim there for a little bit, and I wasn't sure how long this was going to last, but it's a seven-year CBA. The owners still technically have to ratify it, which, of course, they will. They were basically the ones that sent forth the offer, so why would they not do it? Although just for chaos wise. And I want to see people lose their ever loving minds. It would be so CFL. If the owner said, you know what? Nah. What I, I have talking to-, to Greg before the, before the recording, and it would be great if that happens. And then see uh, Randy Ambrosi goes live on one of the CFL channels and just flips the bird as he hands in his resignation and walks out the door. <laughs> what actually, what, what I have pictured in my mind and I'm going wrestling here, and I think uh, Alex can follow me on this one. When Randy Orton won the title and Batista has him up on his shoulders, 
Thumbs down. Triple H giving the old thumbs up. I can just see the board of governors just giving the thumbs up and thumbs down, and down comes crashing everything, buddy. <laughs> always a wrestling reference here on the Pitbulls podcast. Or and I'll, and I'll always giggle like I know what's going on, but I don't. <laughs> well, the owners will ratify it, so it's going to happen in a, within a few days. It's not going to happen right away. So the preseason games will happen. The first couple will start anyway, and then of course. They'll have this vote, which will be a nine nothing, we would hope, vote. And we'll get everything going, including the Riders preseason game against Winnipeg on Tuesday night at Mosaic Stadium. Of course, that was moved from, uh, geez, what was it, May Long? Mm-hmm. God, that seems like forever ago. And that was just earlier this <laughs> weekend. Week. What a week. <laughs> I can't believe it. So in this deal, a couple of things we're going to go over. The ratio is uh, it's staying at seven. But it's going to go to eight, which includes one nationalized Canadian, which is uh, five years in the CFL for an American player or three years with your current team. And you'll also you'll classify now as a Canadian player. So so that was basically little, nothing has changed. Not really. It's going to be OK. So Shaq Evans or Kyron Moore. It's like, I mean, they're starters anyway. So it's not really going to do much to affect. And I mean, last year, the Riders started like 10 or 11 Canadians at some point. So it's not going to be that big of an effect on the Riders, but on some other teams like Edmonton with a GM who doesn't give a crap about Canadians. uh, That'll be big for them. So I think that was the the big push for a couple teams anyway. Um, But what's interesting is in a couple of years, the league can go to three nationalized Canadians in 2024 to count towards that uh, total of eight. So five and three, I guess, is how it'll work. Does that make a big difference to you guys at all? Like, does, does that matter to you? Was that with the 49% thing or is that just straight up three? Nas- I thought it was the 49% weird rule that they were implementing well, they can, again. Well, you can have the 49%, but it can only be one on each side of the ball. Like you can't have them both on the same side of the ball. And it's cumulative through the whole season. So I don't know. It just seems like there was a bunch of unnecessary stuff in there just for the sake of having stuff in there. Because with the cuts to like like team operation staff, who's gonna who's gonna be watching this like during the game to figure out, oh, you know what? I can actually sneak an American in there if I wanted to. Like, come on, that just seems ridiculous. And how and are the refs gonna be sitting there counting snaps? Cause like what what happens? If, if you break this rule and, and whatever, right? Like who's enforcing it and what is the enforcement on it? Is it just a fine? Cause if it is screw it, take the penalty. But if it's an on-field penalty where it's 15 yards or 10 yards or whatever, okay, maybe that'll make you think twice. But if it costs you three grand as a fine, who cares? Well, my understanding is it's a year long situation, not a game by game thing. Could yeah. you imagine you're coming down to the last week of the season your playoff hopes are on the line and you got to sit your best player because you don't want to take a fine. It's not going to happen. Whoever is near that roster or that, that limit, if it means their season is not going to give a damn about it. Hey, I'm and just happy. I'm just happy. This is going to help uh, have Canadian quarterbacks. Cause that, that's what it is. Like if you look at the riders list, anyone that qualifies for this right now is Charleston Hughes. Cause he's been around forever. Um, AC Leonard. Um, oh God, I'm drawing a blank now. Uh, I had the list up. Shaq, Nick Marshall, Shaq Evans. Yeah, Nick Marshall. 
and Kyron Moore, and that's it. Yeah. And in in uh, one year, Cody Fajardo, like it's it's going to be interesting in in two years when they can expand that. But right now, it's not going to change anything. I. I don't care who's on the field, how many Canadians. I said this the last episode. I realized it was partly for chaos, but I, I've stopped giving a damn about the ratio. I don't care if the guy on the field is Canadian, American, from Asia, Africa. I don't care where they come from. If they can play ball, let them play ball. So whatever it took to get the deal done, great. But it's not going to change my opinion on the game. And I'm with you, Steve. I really don't care about the, the ratio one way or another. Um, although it's really interesting because outside of the NFL, if you look at any other, like look at the Premier League, they have their own kind of ratio in place. Like this is nothing, you know, new by any means in the world of sports where you're trying to get X amount of your own nationality on the team or whatever. Like this is a very common thing. I have no so, problem with the ratio. I just, I hate the way it is done for the simple fact that the so-called reason why they're using it is you want those, you want those local stories. You want, you want to grow the game. You want to do this. The CFL doesn't do any of that crap. The NFL is the one plugging the flag football league in Canada now, not the CFL. So yeah, it's nice. It's nice to highlight the good Canadian boys for grassroots, but unless you're actually going to do something with it, it's all for naught. All, all you're doing is creating a wedge issue between the Canadian players and the American issue. Every American players, every time there's a contract in negotiation, it's my, my biggest issue with, with bringing it up and you brought it up like the premier league, uh, Chinese basketball league, all of those other non us leagues all have roster spots for homegrown talent. None of them guarantee sp- starter spots. Even in the premier league, you can play, an entire game with all of your substitutes and never have a homegrown player see the field. Like it's not, it's, it's designed to grow the talent, but it doesn't guarantee that group of players sees the field unless they're worthy of seeing the field. And that's where the CFL kind of is the outlier. They force six, seven or eight of their homegrown players into your starting roster. You don't see that anywhere else. And don't get me wrong, there there's some great stories like Logan Furlan through the through the Thunder program, probably wasn't going to get a pro look any other way, came up, plays great, beast of a player. Um, Andrew Harrison, going to give him his flowers. Amazing running back, once again, came through the junior program, probably wasn't going to play anywhere else. The, these Canadian players that can play are getting NFL looks now. So we're not even getting the best Canadians anymore. So... Like I understand, I understand there's, yes, I want to see the Canadian players, but no one's saying the Canadian players are completely terrible. We're just not getting the best players anymore, which is good for the, good for the Canadian grassroots, because that means the, the kids that are playing in the NFL are actually growing the game for the Canadian kids. Those guys that are coming out of college in, in Canada and going down South to, to the United States, to the, to the NFL, those are the ones that are going to grow grassroots football in Canada. A guy making the CFL isn't going to move the needle a bit, in my opinion. You're not seeing that. Nobody, nobody grows up anymore dreaming of playing on the Riders. They dream of playing down south. You know, Saskatchewan might be the outlier there. But I, I just I don't see it as being as big a deal as it was 
10, 15 years ago. Because like you said, you're seeing those players make a name for themselves in the NFL. Although I will say it is really cool if you can have a, you know, a, a Neil Hughes type story, a guy that, you know, probably wouldn't have gotten a shot anywhere else, but all of a sudden he's in your, your team's, you know, plaza of honor, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's great to have those feel good stories. And I think it's important that you still have those, but I'm kind of with you guys where it shouldn't be guaranteed starter spots or what have you. So anyway, the league can look at uh, moving that nationalized Canadians up to uh, three in 2024. Um, elsewhere in the deal, a couple of interesting things. We know that there's going to be a slight raise to the salary cap. Players are going to get a ratification bonus, which we knew was probably going to end up happening. It always seems to happen in, in these things. Um, up to 50% get guaranteed salaries for players, not their first contract, but anything, any contract after can have up to 50% guaranteed salaries, which to me is, it's pretty significant, especially to, you know, try and keep guys long-term and sign more, sign them for more than one or one year, right? Like Zach Caleros has made it very clear that there's no reason for him to sign more than a one-year deal if a team can just cut you after year one anyway and you you don't get anything because you have a roster bonus. Oh, cool. If you're on the roster on June 1st, you get 50 grand. Cool. Well, they're just going to cut you on May 31st, so they don't have to pay you that. With this, I mean, if you can actually negotiate it for 50% of your salary is guaranteed, well, if they cut you, you get half that money. So that's that's a big win for the players. and Hopefully that uh, can keep guys sticking around long-term and signing these two, three-year deals to uh, to get those guaranteed contracts. Oh, yeah, it happens every year. When it's, when it's bonus time, everyone is just doing the countdown, watching for releases, because we know it's coming. Anyone who's got a bonus coming, if, if a team doesn't need them, they're gone. Those bonuses are not worth a damn, damn thing. So this will help. But that's if you can negotiate it in. That's still only going to go to your cream of the crop players, which, which is good, but it's not good for long, still not good for long-term planning. And of course, there's going to be the, the revenue sharing model, which uh, will also include gray cups, which is uh, that surprised me. Which is which is interesting to me because uh, like that was the big boon to you know try and get a great cup is is you can all of a sudden make a ton of bank just based on having the great cup here. Now well, it doesn't really matter where it is. Like I mean honestly at that point why would you not just have it out in Vancouver every single year where you can sell fifty thousand seats and it's it's I mean worst case scenario it's like four degrees and raining right like it's. <laughs> I don't know. It just it just seems to me like it makes no sense to to go around the CFL and have great cups in every city when okay you can have thirty three thousand people at Mosaic Stadium you can have twenty four thousand people in Ottawa or Hamilton well why would you not go to fifty five thousand in BC or Edmonton every single time especially with this kind of a sharing model like that just makes more sense right no I agree the the bigger stadium is is a good idea but I also think. They, they would uh, dilute the market pretty quickly. Not like look at gas prices, look at flight prices right now. Like if this was two years ago and they had the revenue sharing model, I'd be right there with you. But 
with the way things are going now, you're go- they're going to have to take the game where they can because I think they would dry up a market pretty quick. And yes, don't get me wrong, CFL fans travel like nobody else. But I think if you go to Vancouver every year, it, the uh, the novelty would wear off pretty fast. See, I'm not so sure about that because when you look at who actually goes to Great Cups, it's the same people every single time. And then it's also the 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 fans of the two teams that are in it. So I don't think it'd be that big of a deal. Yeah, but you'd still, you'd, like, I, I think you'd it's still, a good you'd still have to top off with, with, the local, with locals. And yeah, yeah, I guess you would draw more from Vancouver or Edmonton, a bigger center than Regina. But there's still going to be a lot of people from Saskatchewan going to that game and they don't care who's in it. A lot more if the riders are in it. As proven by 2013. God, that stadium was green. And of course, with the revenue sharing model that's uh, going to be in this in the CBA, it's actually going to be audited as well, which is uh, interesting because the CFL very rarely has ever opened their books for anything. So the fact that they're going to have to actually open their books to uh, to split revenue is interesting to me because that's basically the reason why they didn't get the $150 million that they asked for in 2020 was that they refused to open up their books. So the owners are, are going to have to do it. So it's, I'm going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of, uh, you know, little shenanigans are going on with the books. I'm sure they won't be really made public, but at least they'll be audited. You know, somebody's going to leak something. Justin Dunk of three down nation is going to get it for some, some, from some, some somewhere. And uh, we'll see it for sure. But, but- uh, I, mean, will, I think it's Dave Naylor get it first. Oh, I didn't even hear a word you said. Oh, I said, but will Dave Naylor get it first? Oh, well, well, maybe maybe he'll get credit. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. maybe. But and but with with that though, it's considering three of the teams have to put uh, put their books out publicly anyway. So you got a third of the league there, but then again, your probably your biggest markets are the ones that are hemorrhaging money anyway. So. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work. And uh, Greg, uh, you mentioned this as well before we hit the record button was uh, that fan code of conduct and in, is included in this one still. So I can't believe uh, this. I don't know how you're going to police it. Like I get, I kind of get what they're doing. I just don't know how they're going to follow through. Cause here I'll pull it. I actually had it up because I was just looking at it. Cause it just blew my mind. So it's quoted as, Parties agree to the code of conduct for both fans and players. Article 18.01 of the collective agreement to be amended to cover all prohibited discrimination set up by various provincial human rights, including any form of racism and discrimination. That's great. I'd like that. How? (laughs) Like, how are you going to? I don't know how a players union and a league can actually enforce this on people that are not a part of the players union or the league. This is like, yeah, you can, and especially with teams that own, don't own the stadium. So you can't really kick them out. It's not like they can kick them off Twitter. It's not like they can kick them off Facebook. It's not like they can kick them off screaming into the void. Um, they don't even control their own stadium. So how are you going to do this? Yeah, like, I have no idea. Like you said, it's, I think it's a good thing that they're doing, but it's just impossible to try and enforce. Great idea in theory. I support the idea. I, I'm interested to see how it plays out. I don't think it'll ever get used. But hey, I guess we'll see. 
I've seen a few. Fa- I've seen a few people on Twitter already basically blame the fight between the Argos and Thai Cat fans on this. But the worst offender was a part of the Argos front office, and he's not even technically speaking. He wouldn't even be included in this. So I, I, I don't get it. Like, yay! But this just seems like it's, I don't know, pounding their chest for. It's supposed to be a win, but it's just weird. Like it just seems like it should be just a common sense thing. If someone's being an a hole at to you at the stadium, you kick them out. That's like, right? That just how it should be. Yeah. Well, agreed. Like it's just yeah, that's just what it is. But so yeah, I, I don't know what the rest of this is going to actually entail. Which is yeah, it seems very well, vague and broad. Yeah. Well, I'm sure more details on that will come out as uh, as we get through the the season, and they'll probably just add stuff in there as they go. That seems to be the CFL way. Um, one last question here on the CBA, just before we move on here, are you guys as surprised as me that it got this far into training camp before we actually got a deal done? Cause I was shocked when we had the strike to begin with. I'm not shocked that it only lasted, what was it? Four days, not even four full days before the next, uh, you know, offer was made and they voted on it and went back to practice or to training camp practices. But I'm surprised it got this far to the point where it was literally the night before a preseason game and teams had to cancel their flights out. I'm actually, I would say proud, I guess, but I, I guess I'm proud of, proud of the players. I, I, yeah. I, I can't, I, when they turned down that deal, it was absolute just masochistic self-flagellation by everyone on Twitter. Like everyone was going out, the players calling them, like just they can't believe they did it, especially after like no one could believe they could actually move on with the same negotiating team and the same leadership after they everyone agreed to take that initial deal. And the player said, no, we're not doing it. Too bad. Go back. I can't believe everyone survived that. But good on them. They they got a slightly better deal. Um, it was better than what the league came back with when it's all said and done. So no, they did a very good deal on this and hopefully in seven years, the league is better for it. I I'm surprised it went as long as it did, but as soon as that first deal got ratified, I'm honestly shocked. We're getting a game tomorrow. I'm, I didn't think it would get, uh, get done. Once that went down, I thought it was going to get real ugly real fast. So I, I, I didn't think it would happen as long as it did. And then I, didn't think it would finish as soon as it did. So yes, we forgot. Actually, one of my favorite little uh, little cute things they put in this uh, deal: the NFL window is actually the NFL window. You can't go to any other league. Yeah, and that that seems to be a standard thing because actually the USFL just added in their contracts uh, for any player that signs with the league now and beyond. You cannot just up and quit and go to the XFL. Or go to like you can go to the NFL because that's good exposure for them, but you can't go to another spring league. So that's kind of interesting that uh, you can't uh, have players. I mean, my six and O Birmingham Stallions in the USFL, filled with uh, former riders like Jonathan Newsom and Demarcus Gates, uh, both had fantastic weeks last week. Um, but yeah, like. If they How are my the Tampa Bay Bandits doing? I'm, I haven't been paying attention. Not good. Not good. You don't want to. Yeah. 
So the spirit of Burt Reynolds is not leading him to victory, is what you're telling me? <laughs> I can say with absolute certainty I've watched exactly zero minutes of USFL football. I, 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 I don't even know the team I've seen, names. I've seen I don't, clips of empty stadium in Birmingham, but that's about it. Yeah, I I wanted to. I love I love the idea of spring football. It's not me knocking the spring football thing. I'm just I'm not going to get excited about a league that I don't know if no. it's going to survive. I'm yeah, done exactly. I'm done getting pumped up and like, hey, the XFL and then it folds. Hey, the U- USFL and then it's going to fold. And it, the new version of the XFL, I think, is the one that survives. They've they seem to have it right, and which is the which is why the CFL needs to get their ducks in a row now because that's the one that they're going to finally start having to compete with year after year after year because i think that's the way they're running it it's going to work and that's where this opt-out clause is uh very important because how many players were possibly thinking okay maybe i'll do my year up in the cfl here and then next year go sign in the xfl because i'd rather be associated with the rock or whatever their reason is so if they're locked into a CFL contract, they can't do that. So that is actually pretty important for next year. Well, that's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty. Let's get to the Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones, which, uh, you know what, enough CBA talk. Let's talk about some on-field stuff. The Riders are hosting the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Tuesday night, 6.30 at Mosaic Stadium. That sucks for out-of-towners and honestly for a lot of people in town. Because I work till six, so I'm gonna be scrambling to go to the stadium to actually get to my, see. My that daughter has swimming at the same time across from the stadium. I'm trying to figure out how the hell that's going to happen. Then again, it's preseason; shouldn't the traffic shouldn't be that bad? But it's gonna be a pain in my ass. Yeah, it's probably gonna so happen I, in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't imagine there's gonna be a lot of fans there. Honestly, I'll I'd be impressed if there's ten thousand. Truthfully, because Tuesday night out of towners basically won't be showing up, and it's preseason, which kind of sucks as a whole to begin with like i'm excited to go and just get back in the stadium and and see football again i might even duck out a little bit early just whatever but i might just walk over after swimming and just just check it out for a bit does anybody really get pumped up for preseason football i I like seeing like 100 people on the field at a time I used to, I actually used to really like seeing the young guys and rookies and, and no namers play, but now it's just like, they just, uh, there's so few that actually last in the CFL and actually make their team to begin with that. It's just, uh, well, I don't, and if, I don't If you care. look at this team, there's not a lot of holes. There's not a lot of spots where we're having to evaluate the guys that are coming out. This team was pretty much locked in place. So it's, it's more just getting those practices in and getting those game reps in versus actually evaluating really anybody. Well, I think this game here, this will be the, uh, the game where we're going to see the starters actually play maybe just the first half. Um, Cause with this tight turnaround now, Winnipeg plays Friday this week. And then again, here on the Tuesday. So that's a four day turnaround for them. The riders have their Tuesday and then Friday in BC. So they're going to be clearly running split squad teams so in this one i would assume usually the home game is when you start to see your your starters um so like cody fajardo shaq evans kyron moore etc etc um how much do you want to see them in this game like generally speaking it's usually uh we'll we'll just say it's a half that they play do you even want them to to be there that long 
get the game reps in, get a few series, maybe a quarter and a half. And if, if you're going with your starters, you got, you got to give them at least a half. Cause like you said, I doubt they're playing in BC. I, I don't think you want that much dead time between having Cody and Duke and Shaq out there at the same time, get those bugs out as best you can before the opening day. And especially if you're not playing them that game in BC. Well, the one thing I'm really looking forward to in this is just with the, the hash marks being moved in, I know it's a pretty vanilla offense that teams will run, but just to give you a sense of how it's actually going to look and, and you know, there, with there now being no wide side, uh, you know, receiver or something to see, you know, like a guy like Deron Carter, if the ball's not, you know, coming to him, he always lollygags on the wide side or something like that, but he can't really do that now. So I'm, uh, I'm actually really going to hide him in the, in the backfield. This would be great. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really curious just to see how formations are and to see, you know, the cornerbacks, especially on defense, how, uh, how far they're going to play off the ball now. Cause if you were on the wide side last season, wide side corner, you could play 10 yards off the guy. Cause that's a long throw for the quarterback and you can make your break and you'd be right there to break the playoff. So that's not going to be the case anymore. I'm really looking forward to just seeing how that's going to play out. I, if, if I have to pick the thing I'm most excited to see, I want to see this backup uh, quarterback battle. Cause it doesn't sound like fine's going to be uh, the guy. Jake, what's it? Dolly Gaga. Yeah. That guy. It sounds like he's got the, the run in on the backup spot, which can never hurt to have a competition there. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna go anywhere if you don't have anybody behind you to push push Fajardo. And there, let's be honest, there hasn't been anybody behind him to push him, despite what BC Lions fans might think about Isaac Harker, former uh, former New England Patriot. Ah, yeah. oh, he's a bum. I hope he gets cut now. But no, yeah, that that backup spot is is interesting because you got Dolagala who is six seven. You got Mason Fine who's like up to his knee. So, like I I don't know. Like they like I said, they were high on Fine last year, but yeah, it sounds like Dolagala's definitely got the inside track on that. I'm actually looking who's coming out of the, uh, on running back. That is the battle I want to see because like Morrow looked good last year in spurts and as a returner, but we never actually saw him full-time as a running back. So this should be really yeah, interesting. I, th- I think it'll be a platoon with him and uh, Shaq Cooper. Just you have the, the CFL experience for both of those guys. You already kind of know what both of them do bring. And I don't think it's going to be one true running back. Like I think, I think it's going to be a committee here. You're starting to see that a little bit more. And even in the NFL, which sucks for fantasy football, but it's it's a committee now. You just gotta keep the guys fresh as much as possible, and and there's not this huge drop off in talent like there used to be. There's between... no Keith Toasting in this group. <laughs> I promise, I did not get a single training camp jersey this year, so nobody has to worry about getting cut. <laughs> and uh, one final note here on the uh, Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones Actually, training camp. I got a question for you guys. You guys have any um, like preseason game memories? Cause I got two that are really weird and random. Um, yeah. 2006 when I moved over from the uh, West side of Taylor field to the East side of Taylor field, it was a ridiculously hot game. I think it was against BC. I painted my body green and I got absolutely 
I was not a pleasant person to be around. Apparently that game, I made frequent trips to uh, my new beer lady and uh, that was, couldn't tell you what, what really happened, but that's, that was uh, preseason. That was preseason. Yeah. That was, uh, that was our first time over on, on the East side when we moved to section 27, because we were over in, uh, I think it was section 42 is where we were in, in 2005. And, uh, the people around us, we liked them, they liked us, but they were just like, you know what, maybe you guys want to go on to the other side and maybe go sit in the university section. And of course <laughs> there was the only allowed X amount of season tickets in the university section then, which were all sold out. So we just got section 27 right over there. And yeah. You know, I, I've got mine and it's, you, you brought up a part of it, but back in the day, I used to love watching camp, watching preseason and picking the next guy, the guy that was going to absolutely light it up. And it worked really well for a while. I got uh, Weston Dressler. I got uh, Corey Sheets. I was on a roll. And then Keith Toaston happened. And he absolutely lit it up in preseason and then never saw the field again. When he dummied Pruno, that was, that's still my favorite play of all time. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> dummied him. To me, I still don't understand how he never saw the field in a real game other than at the end of the year. And his first rush, he busts off a 60-yard run. I don't I we were we used to watch games at the at the Lancaster back then. And the crew that was there, the CGME guys, used to absolutely mock us for the Keith Toaston jerseys. And then the game he finally plays. Of course, we're the we're the Toaston fan club, and he gets that big run, and they're all just giving us the gears. And somebody bought me a beer. I don't even remember who it was. Good day. As uh, as the producer of the Green Zone on CJME, I can assure you that you are still mocked mercilessly <laughs> by Jamie Nye and company for your keto stingers. Hey, you know what? That was one of my <laughs> best in- investments. I paid what 150 bucks for that back then and sold it for 250 dollars to some random guy who liked the number 42. Who was the other jersey that you had? Was uh, that, uh, Corey, Corey Williams? Oh, Williams, Williams. Williams. And you know what? I'll add, I'll add to that story. My favorite Corey Williams memory, not preseason, but the memory about that preseason Jersey. We're sitting at tailgate, having our beers, hanging out. And, and this car drives by. So, you know, it was well before the game drives by slams on the brake, pulls the fastest U ball I've ever seen in my life and pulls up and he walks across the street. And we look at him. We're like, the hell? Like what did we piss somebody off? Like we, I wouldn't know Corey Williams to, to pick him out of a crowd at that point. And it was, it was Corey Williams. He's like, why do you guys have my Jersey? Like you were, you were killing it in preseason. We thought we'd go for it. And he signed our jerseys at tailgate <laughs> happened to have a Sharpie on him. Cause hey, why? You're yeah. a pro player, carry a Sharpie. That's... Right. So, I mean, it, it's been, I, I make fun of myself for the really bad Jersey choices, but they've always been entertaining to me and it's been fun. I need to do one soon. I'm gonna do one next year, so we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, don't don't do a great cup here. No, no, no. <laughs> my I got two memories. I oh my one of my awesome memories. It was it was Teal Orban, Neil Hughes, and Stu Ford, um, all Regina backfield. It was it was great to see, and it was just one of those. Teal Orban didn't get uh, drafted that year. Writers made him like a signing immediately after, made a big deal of it. It was one of those publicity signings, and it, it was awesome. And then um, I remember a number fourteen trying out for the third uh, third stringer. It was a young Darian Durant, 
and he hits some guy with a deep ball, and I'm like, who the hell is that? And yeah, and turned out he's our starter. To, well, by the tail end of the 2008, he was our starter, but that was in 2007. It's amazing what, what what a player can show in a preseason and a couple seasons later, he could be a star. Or in my case, he could be gone. Or he could be gone after he dummies <laughs> uh, Bruno, you know. I wonder what, what uh, Keith Toast is up to these days. He can't be that old. He's got to be still in game shape. get him on the show. <laughs> I'm sure no. if you just take the words Keith Toast into Twitter and, and hit tweet, he probably looks himself up. He'll, it'll be the only tweet there with his name on it, and he'll probably respond to you. <laughs> uh, well, of course he will. It's the Keith, Keith Toaston fan club. It's no Dennis Guile fan club, let me tell you that. Um, and <laughs> one final note here, uh, just on training camps, uh, they will move to Regina next week. They were in uh, Saskatoon, obviously, since the beginning of training camps uh, starting, and uh, they'll have their green and white game in Saskatoon on Saturday. Uh, which I know is a big deal up there. Um, but then with the game here on Monday, or sorry, on Tuesday, team's going to be uh, moving to training camp to Regina next week, and that's where it'll finish off. And then uh, all of a sudden, the week after that, it's regular season game week. So we're right into uh, into the season coming up. So I, I miss not getting times. a shoelace. I still hate this. I, I miss getting a box. Yeah, I, miss- I just realized we're not getting anything. No. no. Like, yeah, like I, I miss the guy. Like, you see the card pull up. I'm like, is it my season tickets? Is it my season tickets? And yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing more. Just, just an app. Just an app. <laughs> but, like, even when they went to the app, they still gave you something. Three points. Oh, you know what? That I've expire. used those points for those, uh, the on field third quarter things. And all I remember was mocking. I was a Jacob Ruby for telling, I told him he was a subpar gem. No, Ferlin, Ferlin told him he was a subpar gem. gem. <laughs> that was you it. Know, that's, that's all <laughs> we did from those spots. Uh, well, I can't wait. Cause we'll get uh, more of those beaks coming up here in the next uh, week. Now that uh, we'll actually have games going and, and uh, things are back to normal, I guess. Our first full season in three years. It's about damn time. Oh, and it's going to end in Saskatchewan with a Grey Cup. Oh yeah, that's where the Grey Cup's being played. I, that's yeah. exactly it. I'm not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but you look really smart if we win the cup at the end of the year. Oh, I, I can play it either way. I'm not stupid. I know how to do this. Well, well, half of that was right. Uh, I'm also handsome. <laughs> Your average is going down. Well, I think that's a good place to leave it off here. The <laughs> Piffles podcast brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal Page Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support making this show possible. Piffles podcast is a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Greg, do you have your uh, lyrics ready to go? It's time to sure, sing. Why not? With Ghosts Behind Your Mind by Tyler Gilbert. Please don't screw this up, Randy Ambrose.